Amen. Amen. Hey, Pastor Nick, can I give you this? Do you mind? Uh, good to see everyone at church. Welcome to church. I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about this message. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share a message, a story that is probably one of the most popular stories in the Bible. In fact, if you've not grown up in church, you probably have heard about this story. This st- story is controversial. Some people say it didn't happen. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing story of God's grace and mercy and power. And uh, I do believe it did happen. That's my personal faith. And I, I, I know many, many Bible scholars also believe that. So I, I want to encourage you just to approach us with an open heart. I think God has a message for you. I think you're here uh, because God brought you to church. And uh, I want to welcome those who are online. Thanks for being here online. Thanks for being a part of Thorn Creek Church. Excited about the weekend. And I just want to underscore what Pastor Nick said also. Jump into a group. Get to know people. It's a good way to, to be connected. That's where the glue is at church. So, uh, so do that here. Um, Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. And I'm going to read the whole thing, guys. Here we go. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have, we, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Say, leave us alone out loud, guys. Leave us alone. Let, oh, there you Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Say that with me, guys. <clears throat> Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just what? Just stay calm. Tell, turn to the person next to you and just tell them, chill out. Can you do that? <laughs> you, know, you say that to someone and someone gets all angry. Don't you tell me to chill out. I don't care if we're at church. <laughs> or if you have someone that doesn't want to say anything, they just look straight ahead and they go, Don't even try. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to what? Get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian 
and Israelite camps as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. Uh, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. I can sense your presence here already. Thank you for the good souls that are watching online right now, watching this video. Thank you for the good souls that are in the house in person. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. <clears throat> Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Still lingering little, uh, little cough there. Uh, <clears throat> when you feel trapped, that's the name of the, the message today. When you feel trapped. Um, you look at this situation with the Israelites and they've got a sword on one side and a sea on the other side. They're stuck in between 600 chariots, finest chariots of Pharaoh. And on the other side, they have this body of water and they're just stuck there. And the Lord led them to this place. And now they don't know what to do. There's, there's fear and all kinds of other emotions. They feel, they feel trapped. They don't know what to do. And one of the first things they say, I want you to just, just follow with me. One of the first things they say is this. I tell Moses, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? I think this is one of the times, you know, Moses is like, God, let's just start over right now. Just, you know, I'm done with these people. I'm done. They start blaming Moses, their spiritual leader. And they say, Moses, why did you do this to us? Why did you do this? You know, I know some of you have like a PhD in blaming people. You know who you are. Why did you leave that lid off? Why did you take so long? Why did you run over that nail with your tire? Why did you, why did you do those things? Why did you leave the water on? Why did you leave it off? Why did you, why, why is it still open? Why did you do that? You know, why, why did you leave the washing machine on? Why weren't you there supervising the dishwasher? I don't know. Why weren't you, you know, you know who I'm talking about? It's my mama's fault. It's my daddy's fault. It's my grandma's fault. It's my neighbor's fault. It's everyone's fault. And that's why I am who I am, right? Some of us, we just, and it's as old as Genesis chapter three, guys. It's not a new thing. God tells, God tells Adam, what happened? He says, a woman you gave me. And God asks the woman, hey, what's up? What happened to you? Well, the devil made me do it, Right? It's not a new tactic. When you see this story and you see them between uh, in this rock and hard place, I want to make something clear. Just because you find yourself between a rock and a hard place doesn't necessarily mean you did something wrong. Sometimes God allows you to go to a place and he has a bigger purpose than what you can see. The Israelites, all they can see is a body of water and they have a, and then this Pharaoh where they were slaves and, and this Egyptian army coming down on them and, and, and they're concerned and they're worried and they're fearful and that kind of thing. But, but not every problem happens because of your sin or because you made a mistake or because of your wrongdoing. Sometimes you find yourself in a difficult situation and there's a greater purpose behind the whole thing. And, and you might just feel like you're kind of in it and you don't know why you're in this situation, but you need to know God has a purpose in every problem. He is so good. Verse 12, they say, didn't we tell you this 
would happen while we were still in Egypt. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, they're just talking foolishness now. They're saying, you know what, Moses? It was better for us when we were in Egypt and we were slaves. That life was better. I don't know why I'm trying to do this life. And I'm, I'm, here, I'm, I'm here with you, Moses. And, and keep in mind, he was gone for about 40 years. And, and they're just getting to know him. And, and, and there's close to a million at this point between 600,000 and a million Israelites. And, and they're just getting to know him. And they're like, you know what? I don't know if I like this life. I don't know if I want this life. And now we're coming up and we're up against this thing. And, and Moses does something that uh, he just goes right to the heart of the issue. Verse 13, he says, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid with me. Stand firm. Say, stand firm with me. And you will see the deliverance of the Lord the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It wouldn't that be cool if it was just that easy, guys? Wouldn't it be awesome when you're nervous and have anxiety and you're stressed and you're worried? Just, all right, done. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Just do not be afraid. Wouldn't that be good? But then, then God, tells, God tells the Israelites, what is he? he says, be firm, stand firm. There's this idea of, you know what? I, I don't know why this is happening to me, and, and, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to stand firm. I mean, can we just be real, guys? I think many times um, faith and doubt can coexist. Like, I know God is a big God. I know he can do anything. I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. But there's another side inside of me. You know what I mean? I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. And you have this doubt. And I think the difference between those who walk away and those who grow in their relationship with God are those who stand firm. Stand firm. Because I could stand firm and still have a little bit of doubt. Right? But I'm going to stand firm. I could stand firm and still have uh, unanswered questions. <clears throat> I could stand firm and still not know the why behind everything, but I'm going to church. You know what I mean? I'm going to church. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's happening. But I'm going to stand firm. Say, stand firm with me. Stand firm. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm. And incidentally, don't you find this, find this interesting, guys? Do you find it interesting that uh, God delivers Israel out of Egypt? And... Uh, I mean, this is a, a time of celebration, right? I mean, they took all this jewelry and all of this gold. And so, I mean, they raided the Egyptians and Pharaoh said, get out. And there's these 600,000 plus strong, you know, God's people on the way. And they're leaving and they're excited and they're no longer slaves. And, and God leads them to a place of fear. Don't you find that interesting? I don't think they were expecting that. I think they were expecting balloons and confettis and loud you know, music and <laughs> I mean, I just think they were in a different place. But they show up to a place of fear. 
Have you ever felt like God led you to a place that you didn't expect? God did some work in your life and all of a sudden you find yourself at a place of fear and you did not expect that temptation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And sometimes that evil just kind of creeps up and we didn't expect it. And I don't think the Israelites were expecting to be at a place of fear. I don't think they were expecting to go through that. And if you think about this just a little bit more, they had enough faith. I mean, they witnessed these 10 plagues and how God moved in these 10 plagues. They had enough faith to put blood on their doorposts, didn't they? And the angel of death passed over them. I think they had enough faith to pack their bags and say, we're out of here. Let's go on. They had enough faith to follow Moses. They had enough faith to walk on this dirt road. But all of a sudden, they find themselves at a scary place. Their lives are in jeopardy. And now they're saying... Maybe we should go back to Egypt. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah, we were slaves, but you know what? I, one of the things about fear is that we always want to run to the familiar. You want to run to what makes sense. So you're nervous. You're anxious. So they were doing really good until they ran until they ran into this problem. Have you ever run into the Red Sea? A problem you didn't expect? You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was a relationship problem. Something happened. You didn't expect to get laid off. Like, where'd this come from? You didn't expect to have that conversation. Where did that come from? You didn't expect to trip up and fall. Uh, fall. You didn't expect that to happen. And you didn't expect to be shaken the way you were shaking. I didn't expect that. MLK said this, tribute to MLK Day tomorrow or Monday. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Isn't that true? But I think we can take a step of faith, maybe even with a little bit of doubt. <coughs> and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't fully understand everything. And I'm okay with not understanding everything. They're up against the Red Sea. I mean, it's a wall. They don't know what's going to happen. And they have, you know, there's this Egyptian army coming at them, and they don't understand what's going to happen. They didn't expect it. I think about uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that come to my mind as a pastor is when, when someone uh, gives their life to Jesus at Thorn Creek Church or any church. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. Someone comes to know Jesus, and it's a great thing. And then they start making decisions in their life. I'm going to join a group. I'm going to serve. I'm going to go to church. And one of the last decisions they make is I'm going to honor God with my money. It's one of the last decisions people make in their spiritual maturity because it is a worship issue. It really is a worship issue. And it's one of the last things they surrender because money's all tangible and everything, right? So they say, okay, I'm going to start honoring God. And maybe they even say, I'm going to honor God with the full 10% and I'm going to trust God. There's this huge step of faith when they do that. 
And you know what I've seen? When they come up against a Red Sea and they didn't expect it, you know what they do? They stop honoring God with their finances and they run back to the familiar and they say, okay, I got to get things back in order before I can do that. Fear. Fear grips them. Let me just say here, guys, here at Thorn Creek Church, this church runs on people who honor God with their finances. So if that's you, yeah, 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 praise the Lord. And if you haven't made that step of faith, I want to challenge you to pray and trust God and start honoring him with your finances. It belongs to him. He is the provider, not you. He is the provider. He is your provider. So honor him. Honor him. See what God, see what God does. When I think about this whole thing of uh, them running, I think about a codfish. Anybody like codfish? I like cod. So salmon at one point was really popular. And uh, I like salmon too, especially with sushi or whatever, or a poke bowl. And, uh, but uh, uh, codfish kind of w- was, was introduced here in the United States. And, and uh, it was a fish that, uh, um, uh, that was looked at before salmon, really. But uh, there was a problem with codfish. And maybe you know about this problem. But um, uh, the, the East Coast would get the codfish, and they had to deliver it to the West Coast. And what they were discovering was they would, they, would, uh, they would deliver it and ship it to the West Coast, and um, they would freeze it. And then they would ship it to the West Coast, and when they'd eat the codfish, it was um, just not fresh. Just not fresh. Didn't taste fresh, fresh. The texture was different. So then they decided, you know what, we should put it in a big old aquarium. Let's put it in a big tank and put it on, put it on a cart or something, and let's, let's just drive it all the way to the West Coast, and they'll be swimming, or they'll be in this tank, and by the time they get over there, then, uh, then it'll be fresh. So they did that, and they take it all the way to the West Coast, and, and, and they tasted it, and it still didn't taste right. There was still something, I mean, it was a fish that was living, that was not fresh. They were just living. So then someone had an idea. You know what? Let's put a few catfish in there. True story. They put a few catfish. Well, catfish are natural predators to codfish. They put a few catfish in the aquarium, and as they went across the West Coast, the codfish were running the whole time. You know what? When they got to the West Coast, they were fresh. They tasted fresh. They tasted fresh. And here's what I want to say. I want to say this. Um, The Lord knows what kind of catfish to put in your life to keep you fresh. (laughs) See, some of you, you turn to God when something's chasing you. It's fear. It's worry. That's when you turn to God. When it looks like something is about to happen and you have a problem that's bigger than you. Don't you become desperate when you're in a situation that's bigger than you? 
That's when we become desperate. That's when we say, God, I might lose my job. God, this might happen to me. God, my health is in jeopardy right now, God. And I'm just, I'm, I mean, I just feel like, and you fall, your, you fall to your knees and you say, God, I need you. That's that catfish. Sometimes God allows catfish in your life to keep you fresh. Sometimes, if you think about it, your relationship with God looks different if something is after you. And I want you to see this. God put Israel in a situation, in a situation that they could not get out of on their own. Have you ever felt like you're in a situation that you can't get out of on your own? Man, I know that's really hard for you because you like to control. You think you're in control. You're not. Ladies, you're not in control either. I love Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. I'm going to read in three different versions. First version is this, um, New Living Translation. The Lord himself will fight for you. And then what does it say? Stay calm. The Lord himself will fight for you. And, and check out this next version. The NIV says it like this. Um, the Lord himself will fight for you. What does it say? Is it sinking in? And look at this last one. A New American Standard Bible says it like this. The Lord himself will fight for you. What? While? Hmm. Is that hard for anyone? Stay calm. Be still, keep silent. See, uh, some of you need to hear this. You, you don't always have to open up your mouth. Sometimes being silent is more powerful than anything you can say. And sometimes being still is more powerful than anything you can do. And you can trust God. <laughs> He loves you. He cares about you. He sees you. That's his character. And you don't have to worry about anything. You just need to be still. In verse 17, it says, God tells them, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Isn't that cool? Like God has this other layer that they're not aware of. They thought God's whole plan was just to deliver them out of Egypt. It's like, that's it. But they really don't know God. Not really. And God says, no, no, no. I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh. And he's going to send. I mean, God's behind this pulling the strings. And he says, all this is going to happen so that God would be glorified and all of Egypt would know there's only one God. Glory to God. And I think about the Israelites, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if they really knew God. I don't know. And I think we can be just like the Israelites during this time. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you know Jesus. Just because you read your Bible doesn't mean you know Jesus. Just because you raise your hands in worship doesn't mean you know Jesus. Just because you serve or give or whatever it is doesn't mean you know Jesus. I think sometimes we look at Jesus like we do our favorite movie or our favorite song or our favorite destination. And we're like, yeah, I went to church one time. Yep, I know the whole story. Yeah, I know. I've been there before. I've done that. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I heard that. I, I know about Jesus. Yeah, I heard that song already. Yeah, years ago, I was, uh, yeah, I was just a baby. I know the whole thing about it. Yep, I know. I've been there before. Yep, I don't need it anymore in my life. I know that. I've been there. I've done that. I visited it. I've, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. And you treat it like a destination. But you're, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star. He's the living water. He's the bread of life. He's the resurrection and the life. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want to be a one-night stand. He wants to have a relationship with you. And you only learn to walk with Jesus when you walk through faith and doubt. When you're up against the Red Sea and you're like, I'm going to stand firm. Even though I don't understand what's happening, I'm going to trust. Even though there's catfish chasing me, I'm going to walk with Jesus. You learn to walk by faith. And then it's yours, baby. It's yours. God wants you to learn to walk by faith with him and trust him. Knowing God is knowing Jesus at every point of our life. And I love the way this God's such a strategist. Verse 19 says, then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Isn't that cool? The pillar of cloud moved to the back. The angel of God that was leading them stopped and moved behind them now and was protecting them from the Egyptians. Now, I just want to say this. God's got your back. God's got your back. God's got your back. I was riding along with one of our police officers, and I learned that a six, that's the number. He's got your six. That's your back. God's got your six. He'll take care of you, even when you don't know it. Even when you don't know it. Verse 20, the clouds settled between the Egyptians and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lightning, lighting up the the night. Could you imagine? In verse 20 says, but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. All night. It's like it's time to go to bed. When you're sleeping, God's working. When you're sleeping, God's working. Verse 21, check it out. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a what? With a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. The wind blew all night. All night. All night. All night. I can only imagine them fighting it. I can only imagine them trying to sleep. The wind blew all night. It was dark. There was some fire in the cloud. They didn't know what was going to happen. And the wind was blowing all night. I'm sure they were imagining what's going to happen to us. How can I sleep with all this wind blowing? I thought God was with us. What's happening? I'm afraid. I don't get it. The wind was blowing all night check it out that thing we fear may be the very thing that God is using that thing we fear 
may be the very thing God is using. You may think it's, it's something you might think, oh, I'm afraid of this, but that this may be the very thing God is using. The Israelites needed to walk on dry ground. That scary sound was God working. He's drying up the ground because God just is a God of details. He just is taking care of everything. Verse 22 says, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Isn't that good? Walls of water on each side. And I want to say one more thing here because as I looked at this, the Lord showed me this. Even when God makes a way, there will be walls of water for you to walk through. Do you think the Israelites were a little fearful walking through the middle of walls of water? I think they were. I think mama with her babies was coming along and they're like, okay, there's walls of water. Maybe they could see fish or something. I don't know. But they're looking and we got to hurry up. We got to get through this because these walls may come crashing down on us. We got to hurry up. We got to get going. We got to get... Did you see that? God took them from a place of fear, but it was through fear that they had to get to the other side. They had to trust God. Even when the river, when the Red Sea, Red Sea didn't, what didn't go away? The Red Sea parted. And they had to walk through that on dry ground, trusting God, even as they went to the other side. So let me say this. You will never be free from crossing the line of fear. There will always be something in your life that will make you afraid. Faith and doubt will always be at each other in your life. If you really want to walk with God, if you really want to go to the next level, you need to stand firm. You need to say, I'm going to trust God. And you know what God's doing in this whole thing? He's doing the same thing that he wanted to do with the Egyptians. He wants you to know there's no other God like him. And he's the one that deserves all the glory. He's the one that gives you breath. He's the one that gives you strength. He's the one that watches over you. He's the one that provides for you. He's the one that's got your back. He's the one that's taking care of you. So you can go forward and you can say, God, I'm going to walk by faith. And I know there's going to be times of fear in my life, but fear is not going to keep me from obeying you, God. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor you with my life. I'm going to trust you. I don't care what happens to me, God. I know you're with me and that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Verse 23 says, Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Isn't that cool? God's fighting for them. Isn't that good? God goes before them. He creates confusion in the, in the mind of the enemy. They're confused. And all the way down till their chariot wheels. God's doing something to their chariot wheels. And all of a sudden they can't drive. Like, why is this wheel shaking all over the place? And someone eventually says, let's get out of here. Away from these Israelites. 
the Egyptians shouted, the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. You're right. Glory to God. Glory to God. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again and the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. Somebody needs to hear that, that problem, that worry, that thing that is keeping you up at night, you know, you know what I'm talking about? That thing that makes you nervous, that thing, it won't be around in the future. You don't have to worry about it. The same God who parted the Red Sea is with you. The same God, think about that. The same God who parted the Red Sea is with you. That God wants you to trust him. That God wants you to walk with him. That God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. That God wants you to lean on him and he'll take care of you. He'll watch over you. He's a good God. I like the way it ends, guys. It says this. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. I don't know why that just jumped out. I think there's something, something cool about looking at the bodies of Egyptians all over the bank. I think there's, some, there's, there's victory behind that. Verse 31 says, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. Now they have a new understanding of who God is. Now they have a new understanding of who God is. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Isn't that beautiful? They put their faith in the Lord. Well, didn't they have faith in the Lord before? Not like this. It's like, well, I used to go, I go, I go to church all the time, but I'm a different person now because now I'm walking with the Lord. Now I'm spending time with him. They put their faith in the Lord and now it's real. Now it's, they ain't playing right now. It is real. Their relationship with God is different. Their relationship with God is different. Some of you need to hear this. God's with you. God's with you. You don't have to worry about anything. You need to let the Lord do his fighting. Let the Lord go before you. Let the Lord do his thing. God will take care of everything. He's working while you're sleeping. You can just trust him. You need to be calm. You need to be still. You need to be silent. You need to trust God and God will take care of you. God is with you. God sees everything. 
He'll take care of you. And don't let fear keep you from trusting God or walking with God or taking a step of faith. God called Israel out of Egypt. And one of the first things he did after he called them, he takes them to a place of fear, a scary place. Let me just say like this. I don't think you've walked with God until you've been at a scary place. It's a lot easier to sing songs about how big God is than it is to be in a scary place and trust God. It's way easier to sing songs about faith and trust in God. And it's the same God as Abraham, the same God as Moses. The same. It's a lot easier to sing those songs until you're up against the Red Sea. And you've got to make some decisions in your own heart of hearts about what kind of person you're going to be, about what your faith's going to look like. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to walk with him? You have to make those decisions. That's when it becomes real. It's not when you're on the mountaintops, but mountaintops wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the valleys, right? We need those valleys and God will work through there. And they get through this and they sing this song on the other side. And this happens and everybody knows that there's nobody like the God of Israel. I want to give you a chance, guys, to just turn to the Lord. I don't know what's, I don't know. Some of you, you might be going through your own Red Sea experience right now. God is with you. Don't worry. Don't lose heart. God will take care of you. Some of you need to be reminded that God will fight for you. He'll fight the battle for you. You don't have to worry about that. He'll take care of you. Don't let fear get in the way of what God is doing in your life. You honor God. Let me pray with you. God, thank you for your grace and love. And, and if you're ready to receive, <coughs> excuse me, if you're ready to receive Jesus, would you just say this? Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. I turn to you. Others of you, maybe you feel like you're at a scary place and you're up against that Red Sea and you didn't expect it. Maybe you need to say this, say, God, I'll walk through it. I'll trust you. I'll be obedient to you. I'll be faithful. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm. I'll take that one step and I'll trust you, Lord. I know you'll make a way. I know you'll make a way. Nothing is impossible for you, God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.